Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Good morning, everybody. Right, well, who doesn't love a good story? And I just love the Bible because that is what it is. Lots and lots of great stories. And um, I'm going to tell this from an amazing storyteller called Bob Hartman, who I was fortunate enough to go and do a weekend with on storytelling. And he just retells the story from the Bible, different stories, in just an amazing way, really inspired by the Holy Spirit, I believe. So we've got a bit of audience participation, I'm afraid. I'm going to wake you all up a bit. It's a bit hot in here, but don't worry. I'm going to keep you awake. There will be a slide that will amazingly appear now. And it has, yes, which says not at all. Okay. So I'm going to pause dramatically at certain points in the story. And we're going to shout this out in our most dramatic voices, not at all. Okay. Which will add, I'm sure, to this amazing story all about change. I also have my storytelling glasses perched on my nose, ready to help inspire me as well, okay? It's called On the Road to Damascus from Acts. Saul did not like Jesus. He had never even met Jesus. But he was friendly with, his, with all the religious leaders who had helped put Jesus to death. And if they said Jesus was bad, that was good enough for him. Saul didn't like the people who followed Jesus either. When they said that Jesus was God's son and that he had come back from the dead... It made Saul very, very angry, for he knew that he had tried to do his best for God all through his life, and that such things were not possible. So when the people who did not like Jesus started throwing stones at Stephen, who was one of Jesus's followers, Saul just stood by and watched them. He didn't even try to stop them. He didn't say, that's wrong, don't do it. He just held their coats till Stephen died. Saul did not like Jesus. So he traveled up and down the country, arresting Jesus' followers, throwing them into prison and putting them to death. The followers of Jesus were afraid, so afraid that some of them ran away, far away into other countries. But that did not stop Saul, not for one minute. When he had heard that there were a few Christians that had gone to Damascus, he went there. He gathered his friends together and went there to arrest them. Saul did not like Jesus. But Jesus liked Saul. So as Saul hurried along the road to Damascus, Jesus went to meet him. He came to Saul in a vision. 
with a blinding flash of light, so powerful that Saul fell to his knees. Saul, said Jesus, Saul, why don't you like me? Saul was very confused. He had no idea what had happened and who was talking to him. So he said, who are you? And when the answer came, Saul trembled with fear. I am Jesus, said the voice from the light. You've been hurting my friends. And when you do that, you are hurting me. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get up and go into Damascus, just as you'd planned, and I will send a messenger to meet you there to tell you what you should do. Saul got up, but when he opened his eyes, he could not see. So his friends took him by the hand and led him into Damascus. And there he waited for three long days, not eating or drinking a thing. Meanwhile, Jesus spoke to some of his friends in Damascus, to one of them, a man named Ananias. Ananias, he said, go to Straight Street, and there you will meet a man named Saul. He's blind, and I want you to heal him. Saul, cried Ananias, but he's the one who's been arresting all your followers and putting them to death. He doesn't like you. I know, said Jesus, but I like Saul. And I have plans for him. I'm going to send him round the world and tell people everywhere all about me. So Ananias went and he laid hands on Saul. And once again, Saul could see. And what is more, he decided there and then to follow Jesus too. He was baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, and to show that he was a new person and had changed, he even took a new name. You can call me Paul from now on, he said. And Paul never grew tired of telling people about the man he hadn't liked. But the man who had liked him anyway and had given him another chance. He never grew tired of talking about Jesus. Thank you for listening. And now, and thank you for some dramatic, well, a few of you, maybe Nick, a bit of dramatic um, interpretation, not at all. Now, as Trevor comes to talk to us, we have got some very exciting things for the kids at the back. You can make some collage. I know some adults are thinking, oh, that looks fun. We've got some mazes. We've got some quizzes at the back. 
If you are quite small, please take a responsible adult. I don't know if adult and responsible always go together, but today they are. But if you'd like to do something while Trevor's talking, there's a great craft table at the back. Thank you, Trevor. Thank you very much. Yeah, now's the time. Yeah, go on. Feel free. That's it. Well done. You'll enjoy it. What a remarkable story that is of God breaking into Saul's life. He was a religious man. He'd spent all the, every day since he was born being the best he could be in the Jewish faith. He was born of the tribe of Benjamin. He was circumcised on the eighth day. He was pretty much as Jewish as you could be. And then when he grew a bit older, he was studying uh, under Gamaliel as a uh, Pharisee. He, had, he was really the bee's knees. He was doing the best he could as a Jew. And as far as he was concerned, he was doing what was right before God, which is why he was so zealous about what he did, following after the Christians. But later, he called himself the least of all believers. And he considered his religious righteousness of no value at all. Not at all. However good we may think we are in ourselves, it's never going to be enough to please God because what he wants from us is not religious duty, but relationship. So he... Saul went to the high priest. He asked for letters. He was zealous to do the things that God, uh, he felt God would have him do. But he was following on a religious path that wasn't going to get him anywhere. He needed to come to relationship. There was a time when uh, I was brought up uh, in Methodist church and I even, as a youngster, used to do scripture exams and um, go to a crusader class on a Sunday afternoon and then I'd go to the evening meeting as well on the uh, service on the Sunday. So I, I, was, I had lots of religion and I was working at it as hard as I could. But when I met up with Elaine, we, uh, she asked me, how do you know God? And I said, well... I don't know that I do. And we had a, a pursuit then to find God for ourselves and to find out what the truth of the matter was. And we found people we could see were different. And we thought, that's what we want to be like. They showed us what it was to have relationship with Jesus, not just the religion. And that made all the difference, coming into relationship with God. And if you're not in that relationship today then perhaps we can help you. There's a story told, and I think it's a true one, though I forget the details, of a, a girl who was studying literature at college. And she was going through all these books, and it all seemed rather dry to her. And then she went to a party where uh, she met um, a man there and found out that he was an author and got to know him and got to love him. But the strange thing was that one of the authors that she was studying was this same man. 
So she went back to the book, having experienced relationship with him, and then found the book all of a sudden came alive. And she was able to study it in a different way, understanding the person behind it. God wants us in the same way to understand the things of, the, of God, the things of the scriptures, but from the standpoint of relationship. The challenge is, how good are we at being able to live the religious life? So we come on the Sunday, even on bank holiday, and we, we can look like we're praying people, we can look like we're people in relationship with Jesus. And we've learnt all the things to say and the things to do, but the relationship's not there. There is also a challenge, um, a, a lie that the devil will give us. That is that if I had an encounter like Saul, if I had a blinding flash, if I had him speak to me, then it would be easy. I'd, I'd uh, believe there would be no trouble. But actually, there were people who saw Jesus, people who heard him teach, people who saw miracles happen, people who were with him, even had Jesus address them personally, who were amongst the crowd that said, crucify him. So what he wants from us is that we come into a relationship of trust where he likes us and we love him. There is a relationship, a change that he wants us to come into. We can't force ourselves to grow. We're looking at grow today, the change that comes about as we grow. But we can put ourselves in the place where God can cause us to grow by his Holy Spirit. I woke up in the middle of the night and wrote down this expression that I felt God was saying. We win when we surrender. As we surrender to the Lord, as we come into relationship with him, so we win. We come into what he wants for us. I wonder whether we can perhaps just have a few minutes where maybe there are things that you've got to share that, um, about the way God has changed you. Maybe. Elaine. Just something Trevor said. Um, he shared with me a friend of my daughter's called Claire. It was on Facebook saying that God had spoken to her and she had made a decision with the Lord and she wanted people to know people to know that when she met them she would like them and I thought what a weird thing to say but she said when I meet you I'm going to like you and Trevor is saying Jesus liked Saul even before he changed in fact he loved him even before he changed just imagine if we all felt that when I meet someone, I'm going to like them. Whatever they're like, I'm going to like them. In fact, I'm going to love them. That's quite transforming, actually. It's a decision to make. Jesus made that with Paul, Saul, before he was Paul. He loved him. 
and he changed. So, in our lives, when we come to know Jesus, we have an encounter with him. And we are changed by him. But it doesn't just stop there. I think we continue to change. And I just think it's so lovely to hear testimonies about how we've changed or what God is changing in us or how we're challenged. And we've all got a bit of a story to tell. It might not be Paul's story, and hopefully it won't be Paul's story. But it's your story. So um, is there going to be a brave person He's just going to say, actually, this is the thing that changed in me when I encountered Jesus. Well, this is what Jesus did in me last week when he challenged me in this area. He's going to go for it first. It's always the first that's the most difficult. Thank you. I was hoping you would, David. Um, yeah, um, I'll try and keep it brief. As <laughs> brief. Um, I think for me, uh, as a kid, I was um, quite naughty, uh, as some of you remember. <laughs> yeah, we used to kick the caretaker's door and run off and hide away in church. And um, just, um, I was never opposed to the idea of God, but I was just uh, very self-willed, very kind of doing my own thing. And um, my dad shared a testimony of um, how he became a Christian was in the Navy and um, talking about heaven, hell, Jesus, and I just don't know how to describe it. I just felt so loved that I felt that the Holy Spirit enter inside my heart. I was only probably eight, uh, but I, would, I didn't maybe understand all of it mentally, but um, I could recognize that I was loved um, and uh, didn't understand the, all of it, but I could, I could feel that I was loved, and I just felt the Holy Spirit just overflow me, and I just started crying. Um, and uh, from that point, um, you know, I wasn't perfect, but my behavior started improving, uh, and God started really doing things in me, um, and particularly at university when things got tough. It was just um, just that basis of regardless of what the circumstances are, that, that I'm loved and I'm, I'm a son, and, and um, it's just been so freeing to then see that transform people around me as well. So, yeah, just, yeah, uh, just so loved, really. There, so. Great. Thank Brilliant. You. Thank yeah, you, David. Yeah, Anyone else, please? Just a snippet. Thank you, Leslie. Yeah, no, that's cool, my lovely. Um, I was just thinking, when, when I've gone through some really tough times in my life, um, one particular time, uh, what I very much felt all the time was that God was there with his hand stretched down to mine, if you can imagine that. Mm. And I was a little toddler. All I had to do was reach up and take the hand. And provided I could do that, I could skip along like a toddler. But toddlers have this thing where, and, and as they grow, where they, they let go and they run across the road or they um, just run away. But all the time I was doing that, God's hand was there. And all I had to do was reach out and touch. Even if I had to stretch, sometimes I had to stretch. It was a long way away. And then I was safe and I felt completely safe, completely protected and completely with God. And I knew that that hand was always there even when I let go. Um, just That's brilliant. Just, yeah. Thank you. Anyone else? <laughs> so a couple of years ago, um, my husband had a really bad situation at work and um, the particular person that's causing him problems 
I really, I really felt like I hated her. It's just you talking about um, liking, choosing to like. And um, um, we were on our way to, to a fire pit one day, and I said to Andrew, don't you just hate her? And he said, no, I love her. And I was like, oh. Anyway, just so happened that that afternoon, um, we'd had some plums that a fly had got in, and we, we didn't know. We got back from shopping, and we came in, and it was like Armageddon in the kitchen. It was covered in maggots. It was awful. And we cleared it up without even saying anything, went to fire pit. When I was worshipping at fire pit, I felt like God said, that's what hate has done. It's put a fly in you, and it's, it's making you rotten, and you've got to let go. And it was fantastic, and I did. Yeah. That's brilliant. Thank you. Testimonies are amazing, aren't they? Yeah. Anyone else? The opportunity is going to slip. That's great. Okay. Good. Um, so good, just to end on that one, that, the, that um, God wants us to surrender to him, and in that we'll find all the joy we need. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk Thank you for listening.